0: Welcome to Faith Radio. Jesus told Ananias that Paul is to bear his name. Listen, we bear the name of Jesus. That's our name. Your head doesn't go by one name and your body another. We are baptized into Christ. We're immersed into Christ. And because we're immersed into him, we're immersed into his name. That name is ours. That is our name. The name of Jesus. And the power is in the name.
1: Dominion is in the name. Authority is in the name. Welcome to Realm of Faith Radio. Today we conclude on the Highest Kind of Faith series. Here's Reverend Talks with today's message, the authority of the name of Jesus.
0: Good day everyone. Welcome once again to another broadcast where we're teaching on the subject of faith. Uh, We began to look at the highest type of faith. What produces the highest type of faith? And then we said, number one, the integrity of God's word. Number two, we said the reality of our redemption. See, these are truths we need to get a hold of so that we can walk in faith in the way that the Father will want us to in a way that's pleasing to him. Then we said, number three, the reality of the new creation We're new creatures in Christ. The life and nature of God is in our spirits. Praise God. We're not forgiving old sinners. We're brand new miracle creatures. Then number four, we looked at the reality of our righteousness. The reality of our righteousness. Then five, we looked at the reality of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then the sixth thing we looked at is the reality of our fellowship with the Father. So today, we're. this is the seventh and the final session in this series talking about the highest kind of faith and how to walk in that highest kind of faith. And we said that these truths from the legal basis of the faith walk, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, knowing what God did for us in Christ in the great plan of redemption, what God did in us in the new birth and in the baptism in the Holy Ghost. So those things are critical to our walking in faith. So today we wanna talk about the authority of the name of Jesus, the authority of the name of Jesus. Let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of study, the study of your word. Thank you because the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Thank you for opening up your word to our spirits and filling us with the knowledge of your word in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that we might walk worthy of you unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, today, like I said, we're talking about the authority in the name of Jesus. Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 16. John's Gospel, chapter 16. John, chapter 16. And um, in verses 23 and 24, Jesus said, and in that day, well, what day is he talking about? Is he talking about Monday or Tuesday? He's talking about um, uh, a certain year A.D. What's he talking about when he said in that day? Well, he's talking about the day of the new creation, the day of the new covenant, a new day that his death, burial, and resurrection was going to usher in and which we are in right now. And in that day, ye shall ask me nothing. Ye shall not pray to me. Another translation says, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. He to up till now, have you asked nothing in my name? There was no use for them to ask in his name. He was there with them. So when they needed anything, they could just talk with him. But he said, another day is coming when he's not going to be here physically. But in that day, we'll have the use of his name. Hitherto, have he to have you asked nothing in my name up till now? He says, ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. John 16, 23 and 24 is talking about prayer. And that is a charter promise that fell from the lips of the master. I don't know anybody yet who has ever plumbed the depths of those verses. It's it's such a, a tremendous promise that Jesus made to us. The fact that through the use of his name, we can have access to the Father. We can have audience in heaven. Amen. You see, The believer has a legal right to the use of the name of Jesus. We have a fourfold right to that name. You see, all power is in the name. All authority is in the name. We read in Philippians chapter two, from verse five to 11, where the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven. Of, or beings in heaven, of things in earth, or beings in earth, or things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You see, that name is the name that's above every name. That name has been exalted. All dominion is in that name. All authority is in that name. All might is in that name. And the believer has a right to use that name. first talking about our fourfold right to the name of Jesus. We're born into the family. And because we're born into the family, the name belongs to the family. It's our family name. So we have the right to use that name because we're children of God. You see, it took us faith to get into the family. Now that we're in the family, all things are ours. The children, they own all that their father has, amen. So that name belongs to us. We don't have to try to, to to believe God. No, we simply act upon God's word. We don't have to try to muster faith to use the name. The name is ours. Amen. We just take advantage of what's ours. My hands are mine. My feet are mine. I use them. Praise God. I use them. I, I, I'm, I'm using my mouth now. I'm talking, to, teaching God's word. I didn't try to ask myself whether I have enough faith to use my mouth. The the thought of using faith didn't even occur. I just used it because it's mine. You see, the name of Jesus is ours. We're born into the family. First Corinthians 3.21 says all things are yours so the legal right to the use of the name of jesus belongs to us because we are in the family god our father ephesians 1 3 says that he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in christ jesus and one of such blessings is the use of the name of jesus so we're born into the family the name belongs to the family so the name of jesus belongs to us your head doesn't go by one name and your body another Praise God. Amen. And that leads us to our second point. Talking about our right, our fourfold right to use the name of Jesus. Number two. We are baptized into Christ. Galatians 3.27 tells us that. And because we are baptized into Christ, we are baptized into his name. We are immersed into that name. That name is ours. In 2 Corinthians chapter six, from verse 14 to 16, the Bible says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? What part hath he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement had the temple of God with idols? It says, for ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, I will walk in them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So in that place, we see that the believer is called he that believeth, the individual believer. The unbeliever is called an infidel. The he that believeth, the individual believer, is called righteousness. The unbeliever is called unrighteousness. The believer, he that believeth, is called light. Ever thought of calling yourself light? That's what God calls you. The unbeliever is called darkness. The believer is called the temple of God. The unbelievers idols. The believer he's called Christ. Listen, that's who we are. We are Christ. When um, Jesus appeared to Ananias in Acts chapter nine, if you read from verse ten to seventeen. Uh, the Bible says there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. To him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. Arise and go to the street which is called street. Inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth and had seen in a vision. A man called Ananias coming in in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. Ananias immediately began to argue with the Lord. He said, I've heard of this man, how he's put uh, the disciples in prison in Jerusalem has, has led us to bind them that are of that way. And Jesus said to Ananias, he said, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name. Talking about Saul of Tarsus, Paul, he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Notice that in Ephesians 1 from verse 19 through to 23. Paul, in praying for the saints at Ephesus, he prayed that they may know the exceeding greatness of God's power to us world who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So you see, God the Father, has put all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not just in this world, but in the world to come. He has put all of them far beneath the feet of Jesus. And he did that for the benefit of the church, which is his body. Look. Because they are beneath his feet, they are beneath us. Because Jesus is the head, we are the body. And how do we exercise the authority of the head? We exercise his authority through the use of his name. You see, the father has seated Jesus at his own right hand, at the highest position of authority that there is, the highest position of dominion that there is, the highest place there is in the universe that's where jesus is and we are seated together with him right there in our walk positionally that's where we are geographically we are on the earth as we're on the earth we can exercise and should exercise the authority of the head so i said first we're born into the family and the name belongs to the family so the name belongs to us second i said we're baptized into christ and being baptized into christ we are baptized into his name thirdly jesus give us the power of attorney to act in his stead he gave us the power of attorney to use his name in john chapter 14 verses 13 and 14 now that's not prayer john 16 23 and 24 is prayer but in john 14 verses 13 and 14 jesus said and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, the word ask there happens to be the Greek word AITO. AITO means to demand as our right, to demand as due, to demand as our privilege, to demand what belongs to us. We can use the name of Jesus in demanding our rights. We use that name in prayer. We use that name in praise and worship. Ephesians 5.20 says giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's in that name that we worship the Father. It's in that name that we praise him, praise God. The authority, the dominion is in the name. And we have the power of attorney to act in his stead. Notice he said, if we will ask anything in his name, he will do it. So his name takes his place. Anything Jesus can do, his name will do because Jesus is one with his name. Jesus is in his name. Jesus is his name. Is his name. He's the same as his name. So his name has the power. His name has the authority. And we have a legal right to use that name. And then thirdly, uh, we said that Jesus gave us the power of attorney to act in his stead. He gave us the legal right to use his name. Fourthly, Jesus commanded us to go forth as ambassadors and herald his name among the nations. We see that in Luke 24 from verse 46 through to 47. We're told to go forth as ambassadors and herald his name. So you see, the name of Jesus is ours. He's ours for the using. Amen. We have a legal right to it. Jesus obtained that name. We said by bestowal, the father bestowed it upon him. He obtained his name by conquest. In Colossians 2 15, it says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He made a show of them openly. Jesus defeated the devil. Jesus brought the devil to naught. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15 says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So Jesus destroyed the devil. Rotherham's translation brings that out clearly. Now, when we talk about destroying something, we think about annihilation. We think about that thing ceasing to exist. No, that's not the sense that Hebrews 2 uh, 14 and 15 is speaking about He's speaking of being defeated the devil has been dethroned he has been deposed Rutherham's translation says in order that true death he might paralyze him Jesus might paralyze Satan who had the dominion of death, that is the adversary, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So you see, Jesus has delivered us. Jesus, he has paralyzed the devil. He has destroyed him. First John 3, 8, the Bible says, whosoever committed sin is a servant of sin. Uh, whosoever committed sin is of the devil. The devil sinned from the beginning. says, for this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus not only destroyed the devil, he destroyed his works as well. That word, destroy there, is the word loo. Another rendering of it says that he might neutralize. Another says that he might liquidate. Another says that he might loosen. Amen. You see, the devil has been rendered ineffective where the believer is concerned, because Jesus defeated him. Now, there wasn't a contest between God and the devil. One is a creature. The other is, a, is the creator. Why then did Jesus have to face the devil and whip him and defeat him in the devil's own throne room? Why did Jesus have to do that? You see, Jesus did that in our stead. Jesus did that in our place. First John four four says, "Ye of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world." You see, He defeated the devil, and He defeated Him soundly. Amen. So He obtained His name by bestowal—the greatness of His name—that is, Amen. He obtained His name by conquest, by defeating the devil, by bringing the devil to naught. But you see, Jesus also obtained his name by inheritance. He obtained that name, he inherited the greatness of that name from the Father. In Hebrews chapter 1, from verse 1 through to 4, the Bible says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed here of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he hath by himself poured our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high so you see he says in verse 4 being made so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they see Jesus inherited the greatness of his name from his father. So there's no other way to measure the power in the name of Jesus other than by measuring it uh, uh, with the power of how great and how big God is. That's the name. That's above every name. And that name belongs to the church. That name belongs to the believer. Amen. We can use that name in demanding our rights. We see in Mark 16, where Jesus gave us the great commission from verse 15 through to 20. It says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Uh, Well, when he said, he that believeth, he that believeth what? He that believeth the gospel. He that believeth not what? He that believeth not the gospel shall be damned. He had told them and he had told us, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. So we had to get people to hear the gospel, mix faith with that gospel, and then as a result, get saved. Now, verse 17 now says, and these signs are followed them that believe. Now, them that believe what? He just got through telling us, them that believe the gospel. Amen. Everybody who's born again has a legal right to the name of Jesus. And what are the signs? It said, in my name. In my name, the believing ones will exercise authority over the devil. We'll cast out devils. If we can cast out devils, we can cast out the devil. Amen, he's the chief devil. We can cast him out too. Now, if we can cast out devils, that means we've got authority over the devil and over his works, over his cohorts. He said they shall speak with new tongues. See, we can do that in the name of Jesus. He said they shall take up serpents. Now, that's not talking about playing with a snake because you want to prove a point. That's talking about in case you get accidental Beaten by a snake. Praise God. We can take up serpents and also we can walk in dominion over the devil because the serpent is a type of the devil. He said, If you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Maybe you accidentally take something poisonous, you can claim immunity in the name of Jesus. Then he said in that 18th verse of Mark 16 that the believing ones will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Listen, child of God, the name of Jesus belongs to you. Jesus didn't say these signs shall follow the early church. Jesus didn't say these signs shall follow apostles. Jesus didn't say these signs shall follow full-time preachers. He said these signs shall follow the believing ones. Any believer and every believer can and should lay hands on the sick and expect the sick to recover because they will once we dare to act upon the word of God. So the name of Jesus is ours and the authorities in that name. God doesn't want us to live in defeat. If sickness tries to assault you sickness the devil tries to put sickness on your body just stand up to him and tell him devil no you don't the name of Jesus belongs to me all authorities in that name and in the name of Jesus I stand against you and what will the devil do he'll flee he'll run from you as in terror praise the Lord we have a right to use that name in demanding our rights in believing God for material things, financial things, in praying to the Father, amen, in getting our needs met, getting our prayers answered, getting the desires of our hearts. You see, our Father wants our joy, to be full. And he has given us that name, not only for our sake, but also for the benefit of the Satan-ruled men and women around us. You see, yes, we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Yes, we're delivered from the authority of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. But we still live in a world where the devil is God. The very atmosphere around about us is filled with hostile forces that will attempt to destroy our fellowship with the Father and deprive us of our usefulness in the master's service. for this reason that god has given us a mighty weapon and that weapon is the name of jesus we don't have that name just for ourselves god has given us that name also for the sake of the satan ruled men and women round about us we can use that name in breaking the power of the devil over the the hearts and the minds of men there's authority in the name of jesus we use it in prayer we use it in demanding our rights and privileges we use it in worship in our praise and in our adoration to the father and you know what we live in the name we walk in the name the bible says whatever ye do in word or deed in colossians three seventeen, it says do all in the name of the lord jesus there is authority in the name and that name
1: belongs to you you've been listening to ramo radio brought to you by the partners and friends of ramo nigeria we offer training in God's Word and in the things of the Spirit for victorious Christian living and success and fulfilling ministry. Go to remanigeria.com to find out more on how to become a student or partner of Rama Bible Training Center Nigeria. Please call 08101166836 The number again 08101166836 Kenneth Higgins Rema Bible Training Center, Nigeria is here just for you. Experience many moments that set you free and empower you for a victorious life at Rema, Nigeria. Our impactful classes and curriculum has helped thousands of people like you. Professionals, business people, those in the academia, as well as those in full-time ministry to maximize their vocation and calling. Due to the current restrictions of COVID-19, if you start your training with us online now, you can complete your entire program with us online if you so desire, even after we return to on-site classes. This offer closes 30th of September, so hurry up! Enroll with RBTC today! To enroll, visit Ramanigeria.com forward slash apply online forward slash Don't miss this opportunity to start and finish online or leave you register before September 30th. Call us today on 08101166836 The number again 08101166836 Kenneth Hagen's Remo Bible Training Center, Nigeria is here just for you